Chapter 1, A Night to Remember, spelled with a K. Have you ever really listened to the lyrics to the song, The Impossible Dream? Among them are, This is my quest to follow that star, No matter how hopeless, no matter how far, To fight for the right, without question or pause, To be willing to march into hell, for a heavenly cause. As I mentioned in my introduction, Jim, my husband of 16 years, had the impossible dream sung at our wedding on 31 May 1980. Little did we know, his service as a Navy CB for our country would result in his exposure to Agent Orange in Vietnam. Our lives together would indeed be the impossible dream. It has now been 36 years since Jim and I first met. I received a phone call in 1979 from Jim's older sister, who I knew casually, a call that I did not realize would change my life and the lives of so many forever. She called to simply invite me to join a group of her friends who were taking her brother Jim, who was visiting from his engineering work in Saudi Arabia, out for the evening. Jim's sister had recently gone through a very difficult divorce, and he had flown in to simply visit and bring her some comfort, though according to his sister his visit would be brief, as he needed to return to his construction work in Saudi Arabia. Or so we thought. I will never forget the advice given to me the first night by his sister. She said emphatically to me, Remember, Denise, don't get interested. He's not staying. While I recall knocking on my friend's door that night, most of all, I remember her brother's smile as he opened the front door. We did not let anyone know that evening about the magic that had caught us both completely off guard. A few weeks later, Jim called and asked me to go to a dinner theater in Atlanta for Easter. I said I would love to. I asked him what his sister and his friends would be wearing. Jim responded with, They are not joining us, Denise. It's just you and me. Several months passed, and Jim's brief visit to Georgia was much longer than anyone expected. Being the independent spirit, I decided to move to Atlanta for a job as I was not certain if any future would evolve for Jim and me. And with my increasing attraction to Jim, I simply did not want to set myself up to be hurt. My going-away party at the apartment for my twin sister Diane was planned. I had casually invited Jim to drop by, not knowing if he even cared to attend. After the party had well begun, I looked around and unexpectedly, to my total surprise, in walked Jim. I felt like a high school girl on her first date. I tried so hard to act nonchalant and unaffected. Jim appeared to be doing the same. After several or more glasses of some potent punch, Jim asked me if I wanted to go jogging. It was 11 o'clock at night. I will never forget the night of jogging as long as I live. It was truly like a love story novel. After a while of walking, Jim suddenly took me in his arms and said, Denise, I cannot stop thinking about you. I didn't know if Jim had even remembered my name. That night, I truly thought I had died and gone to heaven. Yes, we were in love. I did move to Atlanta, but it only proved how much our love for each other had grown. The next few months resulted in many make-into-Atlanta trips, champagne, long goodbyes, long kisses, and passion truly few have known in a lifetime. In less than three months, following my move to Atlanta, I moved back to Macon so Jim and I could see each other more often. Jim even took me on a whirlwind trip to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, to show me this newly acquired land where he wanted to build a home one day. We then drove to Washington, D.C., his hometown of Agua, Massachusetts, and back to Georgia. Since Jim had lived in Washington for about five years, he knew all the best places to take me in the 24 hours we had. We even had dinner at the infamous Watergate. 
One thing I learned quickly about Jim is he was an eternal optimist, a characteristic so rare and one of the many reasons I fell in love with him. I learned about this trait while in Massachusetts on our next trip. We were eating dinner, thinking we had plenty of time before our flight left at 8 o'clock p.m. Jim decided about 5 o'clock he had better verify our flight plans, only to discover our plane was leaving in 45 minutes. It not only takes at least that long to get to the airport, but we still had to stop by Sister Ellen's convent to pick up some personal keepsakes. Sister Ellen is a nun Jim knew through his Catholic childhood upbringing, who was very special to the Cowden family. Upon our discovery of the flight schedule, Jim said, Don't worry, just finish your dinner and enjoy. After eating, Jim looked at me with that look I soon learned to know well and said, Since you're through eating, now we'll race to the airport.